Hello everybody and welcome to episode 7 of the World Beyond the West podcast. Today's episode takes us to Bamako, the capital city of Mali in sub-Saharan Africa, to explore the fascinating, complicated and uncomfortable relationship between France and its former African colonies. France has maintained a presence along the coast of Africa for centuries, but began its colonisation of the continent in 1830 with the invasion of Algeria, then part of the Ottoman Empire. In the decades that followed, French forces swept westwards, conquering almost all of the Maghreb, northwestern Africa, before forging a path south through the Sahel and into Central and West Africa. For decades, France ruled over 20 African states, and together with Britain, for a time, effectively owned 90% of the continent. Growing discontent in the colonies and changing societal norms after the First World War led French leaders to grant almost all the African countries under their rule independence by 1960. But France has never stopped profiting from its colonial past. First, it implemented La Communauté Financière Africaine, a monetary zone which ensured the economies of its former colonies would remain pegged to the franc, and it still exists to this day, though the currency is now pegged to the euro. Then, Upon granting a nation independence, French authorities strong-armed their African counterparts into signing a series of agreements which granted France access to resources, favourable trading rates, and many other benefits. This unbalanced post-colonial relationship became known as France-Afrique, and to learn more about how it persists in 2023, we're speaking with Moussa Kondo. Moussa is a former special advisor to the President of Mali, the current director of the Sahel Institute for Democracy and Governance, and the founder of the Malian newspaper L'Express de Bamako. I went into this interview expecting a technical conversation about the ways in which France continues to leverage its influence over Africa to prop up its economy and suppress those of its former colonies. But instead, Moussa offered a far more inspiring discussion about what must be done by French and African politicians and citizens to change perceptions and forge a more mutually beneficial relationship. Here is episode 7 of the World Beyond the West podcast with Moussa Kondo. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so first of all, Musa, thank you very much for joining me today. I appreciate your time. I'd like to uh, get this started by giving you the opportunity just to talk a little bit about your experience, your professional background and your expertise uh, in this topic. Uh, thank you so much, David. Uh, my name is Musa. I'm actually the country executive director of Sahel Institute for Democracy and Governance, which is uh, a nonprofit working on uh, consolidating and promoting democracy and uh, good practices uh, in Mali and also in uh, uh, West uh, Sahel region. I would not say West Africa, but we, we are in certain other countries, which is not part of the Sahel region. So we work to engage active citizens to combat crazy mindset about population or certain groups of people or ethnic groups. Uh, we work to facilitate the conversation between the different stakeholders and also focused on the victims of the conflict, not the ones who are fighting for solutions in which solutions they will be, but the ones who are victims of the conflict. So we do this in two main ways, the, the studies and universities and uh, researching phase. This is one to develop more the local content in terms of expertise, in terms of uh, research, in terms of uh, social dynamic in the conflict. And the second biggest part is uh, uh, concept designing and implementation of projects in the field 
where we, we do with our uh, partners and also our colleagues all around the, the countries we work. Before Sahel Institute, I founded the Accountability Lab uh, chapter in Mali and certain Francophone Africa uh, since a couple of years where I worked in Liberia, funding it in Mali and raised a lot of uh, money to implement projects on governance and anti-corruption. Work here with uh, uh, with Accountability Lab mm-hmm. until I resigned to join the government as a special advisor to the president on a governance, democracy, and rule of law uh, component. But I resigned from the this, this position from the government like uh, nine months ago. Mm-hmm. And then you moved okay. to the to, to work as director for the Sahel Institute after that. Yes, brilliant. So much of uh, Francophone Africa gained independence in 1960 or a little bit later, but it's sort of widely known that France still maintains very, very deep ties uh, in Africa. So could you give us a bit of a, an introductory overview of how uh, France exerts its influence over Africa even today? Uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for this question. I think this has been uh, the way far discussed in our regions uh, recently and also as content of a lot of conversation happening in the in the world right now because we, we all know colonization and all that have been very economic more than anything else. The main objective was financial and economic. So if you started this after the independence, you tied certain other partnership or relationship, that means you're dealing with another country, another nation. And whatever you may come and take from these nations, things are not the same. Like before the independence, you work for us as slaves or as whatever we want to qualify. But now you are no more that. We are working together as partners. And when we say partnership, it always on certain equilibrium before things get like same balance. I mean, the first days after the colonization, for sure, the French has certain level above as new partners because they used to be the colonizer and these used to be the colonized. Moving forward, that means our population, our people are going to school, are getting more people educated, more people getting involved in things. So that means the equilibrium start getting balanced until we get people who would say, no, this is not the way to do things. This is the new norms. So if you want to be as partner to us, you have to take in consideration our needs. You have to take in consideration our ambitions, our vision, and our expectation from our own country, not you designing or executing things for us, but for your own interests. It's very normal every country goes out to fight for its own interest. This is, this is normal. That's why one of the French former presidents say, France has no friends. France has interest. And it's not only France. It's every country in the world. The president in Germ- from, uh, for Germany, the chancellor, he will fight for the interest of Germans first. The president of uh, United States will fight for Americans' interests first before developing any kind of friendship. Because tomorrow, he's, uh, today is here. Tomorrow will not be here. And the country existed hundreds of years before him and it will exist after him. So it's the same thing now. We as African nations and the French former colonies should work to prevent or to maintain or to defend our own interests. What is good for us right now? 
and for our future. But French leaders at certain moments forgot these realities and put them in the position to say, we have to design for these guys. We have to put in place the politics which is good for them. But no. For example, I take an example of myself. I have got an opportunity to study and in every league, engineering and business and entrepreneurship in Dartmouth College in the U.S. And after I got a scholarship to study at Stanford University, whatever may happen to me, I have been in the environment with people and learn democracy, learn government uh, development, learn rule of law with French, with Americans. You cannot treat me as you treat, for example, this a civil servant you used to deal with 40 years ago. It would not work. But now how to, to get all these things in the same page to say we, we are not fighting because whatever happens in fighting or not in fighting, in peace, not in peace, you would not move me from the earth and I would not move you from the earth. So you defend your interests. I defend my own interests. But what happened French did not do this by herself, by itself, I mean. French did this in convening with some corrupt officials from our countries. Some have been in the game for, for years because they prefer getting corrupt during contract signature, everything for themselves, not for what should be done. For example, in a, in a mining contract, it say, if you got this mining, you must invest, for example, $15 million in 10 years in the, in the rural area where the mining is located. For example, building schools, building uh, health centers, building roads, building electricity. If the ones who are negotiating the contract with the company in the Ministry of, of Mining in Mali decide to get paid, for example, $1 million, for himself is a big money. And the company is ready to pay him even $2 million but to skip all the obligation in the contract in the 50 years, in the 10 years long, where they will be obliged to invest $50 million. So that means this person as a minister worker will get $1 million, but the entire community and the country would not receive this $50 million in 10 years long. So that are, that are things which, when we say it's not just French, but as we are talking about French, French are different sectors, but this is just an example to say it's not only foreigners who are doing this, but also in complicity in, uh, uh, you know, in association with the with local yeah. corrupt officials. That moves on to the next question very nicely. Then um, you've mentioned that corrupt officials um, in those francophone African countries um, are somewhat complicit in maintaining this French influence. Uh, what are some of the other tools that are used um, by the, the corrupt officials in Africa, but also? Uh, by France to maintain their ability to extract resources and make profits off those countries and preventing the economic development and the socio-political development as well uh, in Africa. You, you described it as like a balance, like an equilibrium. What are the other factors that are tipping that in favor of France still? Uh, this is the, the technology and development tools. When we look today about the schooling, people going to school in our countries, and how we define development. One of the president, former president of Senegal said, if you, you, you want to live as Westerners, let them lead your countries because they know the way of living 
in Western part of the world than you do. But if you want to live as you used to live in your countries, you should take your responsibility and forget what's happening in the countries. So you cannot be willing having the, the lifestyle, the culture of life of Western countries, for example, in France, and then pretend doing better than themselves. When you take that level, French will always take advantage on our countries. Because things we want, it could be knowledge, it could be technology, it could be transfer of competence, it could be whatever we want, we have to get it from somewhere else to get it back to our countries. Why? Because the people we sent in these countries, France, UK, US, Canada, to study this technology and come back to develop things in our countries, they never come back. When they finish, they stay there. So we are always starting from the bottom. We have resources. They need resources. So they are obliged at a certain point to come and look for resources in our countries. So sometimes even the negotiation to get to this contract, there is a problem. Because you will see qualified people with all the experiences working in different countries. They bring all this experience and come and meet one person who is certainly political, find himself nominated as minister, and having a conversation with disqualified and expert people. And the conversation is not balanced at all. They know what they want, and they know what you have. It comes back to the comparison between strong men and strong institutions. When we don't have strong institutions, individuals will always play the game they want. And they will be deciding in the, the name of the entire countries or entire community without any knowledge of negotiation, without any power of information, without anything which will permit them to negotiate fairly with these companies coming from outside, generally French companies. And what was not fair from France, I would give this in terms of economic aspect and also political aspect is the is uh, understanding like I'm in a position of power, of domination. But the same moment I realize if I do this, I will not go for the long run. For example, know you are powerful, but still give to the person what the person deserves. I think this missed a lot the French intervention in Mali and in, uh, in, in Francophone Africa. Because you know you can take everything. But you cannot take everything all the time. No. For example, I, the former president of Mali, Ibeka, he gave everything to the French. Every single thing. The dignity, the sovereignty, the everything you may think a president could give to France, he gave it. But still the French was not beside him when he was in need. That's why when the, the military coup happened, Everyone was supporting the military coup. Why? Because people were so humiliated. It was just crazy. And just one example. I was in France during the Paris Peace Forum as a project manager, civil society project manager. I was in the LA where the president were there and the president of France, when he came, all the presidents were set somewhere and the president of Mali only one was sit between two French guys who were not even minister. 
And when the conference ended, when Macron finished his speech, Ibeka ran after him to talk to him. He was not looking at him. And I was so bad as Malian. I didn't love Ibeka. When I say love, not love him as a person, but the way he was ruling the country, I didn't love. I, I didn't appreciate it. But that day, I was so hurt. I was so frustrated. Why should you treat a president like this? Whoever you may have under the table conversation or differences or whatever, you can be in a, in a powerful position, but still be humble. Yeah. And still treat other one with respect. And when Macron arrived here, said, I will not come in Bamako. You got to meet me in Gao. Mm. So Mayan's population felt all this as humiliating an entire people. We're not, you're not just treating Ibeka like this. You're treating all the Mayans like this. And that's why it's not like we love having military in power. No. But what we have as alternative. And this has been, for me, this has been the biggest mistake of French with its former colonies. Knowing I'm powerful, knowing I can take all, but still keep taking all. That's an interesting point yeah. because up until Macron came in, a lot of previous French presidents were quite transparent in a way. They made it very clear that they were here to continue the status quo almost. Macron came in and one of the biggest aspects of his campaign when he was first elected was to make it clear that he was done telling Africa what to do. I think in his when he went to Burkina Faso in 2017, he made that the big speech where he said, you know, je suis une génération qui ne vient pas dire à l'Afrique ce qu'elle doit faire. I do not come from a generation that will come and tell Africa what to do. But a lot of critics say that actions speak louder than words. And Macron hasn't actually really made good on this promise or these ideas that I'm going to put an end to this France in, in Africa. Um, what, what are the next steps and what can Macron do to actually give that agency back to Africa and, as you say, remain humble and, and not constantly take without giving anything? First of all, we must make clear about political declaration to please and the realities in the field. The realities in the field today, the former French colonies in France are so tight, any political declaration would break. When I say tight, I'm talking about social aspect. I'm thinking about economic aspect. And I'm thinking about business aspect. So any single French, when you take like the French campaigns, they talk about Africa, like we just go and grab what we want. Oh, we, the conversation is like, not like when we talk about French and other countries first. And secondly, it happened what it happened. And for me, it's having a new partners in our countries, a new partnerships and a new relationship. When I say new partnership, they should just get out of the same way of treating people. Some may not love you. It's not about love. Some may not be agreed on what you do. Accept the conversation. For example, I can understand. But if you ask me or you ask certain people in here, they will say, I may never like or love friends. I told them even recently, I spent a lot of time in France. When I say a lot of time, like it was uh, like a short visit, but with my wife, it was, it was great. Nothing against friends, nothing against, but we never, since I was in the accountability lab, we never invite the French embassy. They show up once, never. And when they organize things, they have always a very closed circle. They invite. 
And all this is not problem. But you cannot always have the same truth coming from the same person concerning an entire country. Letting people, getting open, getting other views, even that are not supporting you. But it will permit you to understand what's going on. Because young people, I want to say people like me, will understand 100% how it is about to go and look for what you need. And it is also understand we have, as Malians should protect what is feasible or not. Imagine you traveling to the U.S. You will be able to do whatever you want to get what you need, right? But you will do it 100% under the laws. You will not go behind the laws because you know when you go behind the laws, something going to happen to you. Is the, is the same things happen here. Sometimes they prefer deal with the corrupt ones, knowing they are corrupt, but they still keep doing it. One of the politicians said recently when Macron said, the problems in Mali are Malian politicians fail to protect or to do this with the country. He said, no. He said, Mr. President Macron, when we were in trouble with Ibeka about the 2018 election, the moment we were sending things to the court and doing this and that, you have been the first person to announce publicly Ibeka won the election. And you wrap up the conversation. No more conversation because France said Ibeka won the election. So we will see and understand that as French is supporting Ibeka. Even though we all know Ibeka was not, his government was corrupt and not doing exactly what people expected from him. So this is, this is the point. I know every day we have younger people coming and they're angry. They want something new. Even the management of internet. Instead of preventing people to go to internet, why you should not sensitize them on the best use of internet? This was one of my positions when I was working for the president. Sometimes people don't know what could be the, the best use of internet. Internet is an incredible thing. You and I today, we have never met, but now we're having a great conversation on internet. And the politicians see internet here as a huge threat because from a post from Facebook, everyone would, uh, what happened in, uh, in Sudan, what happened in uh, other places in the world. They are afraid, they are traumatized about internet. When you know what's going on in your country, it pushes people to be more accountable, to be more transparent. And the only thing I guess French should really do to reconsider, to reconsider things here is see the partnership in different ways. In different ways, like first you see people you talk with as individuals, as persons, as intellectual, capable to understand, to act. Because everyone is not corrupt. Even if I have this mindset, like going to this village, thinking, no, it doesn't work. They are all corrupt. They're all this and this. They're all in that. It will not make everyone corrupt. No, this is your perception. But if you treat everyone with respect, with consideration, things will happen. Because this is not just political aspect, even in the economic aspect. Every single thing's happening here. And the favorite place of people here is France. But the politics should really think and design a new approach to get to people.
And without, as you said earlier, France can't just design that for Mali or for other Francophone African countries. France needs to be willing to have the conversations, give the agency and allow young African generations to create their own framework. Is that what you're saying? No, even be part of the conversation. You cannot mm. just draw, sign right. a project in, uh, in France and expect me to be in this design project. If I don't fit it, fit in, what will happen? You will drop me out or you will twist the project so I can be in. You mm. have this solution. You have the choice. But you should not be fixed, say, this is the way we do. This is the way you used to do. But now, as me, a new person to be part of the process, what is important? To maintain the design project as it was or to get me in the conversation? If you fail in this, you fail in everything. Yeah. Because you're having the same conversations in a closed loop. Exactly. Yeah. Get the feedback loop is the most important because having the new person, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's very hard to get the new persons Mm -hmm. in the conversation. But you have to be patient. This is nation's work. Because 100 years next, I I may not be here, but Mali will remain and French will remain. But if you see me as an enemy, instead of seeing me defending interests or protecting some interests, you will not see the values in me. Now you have to get the trust of people. And I used to say, even when I was in position, say, we should be careful. People are rejecting something. This is different on people supporting us and how to navigate between them. So Mali recently expelled France from the country, well, French troops at least, with the end of Operation Barkhane, which was France fighting against the uh, Islamist insurgents. But we've now seen that Mali and other Francophone African countries are starting to turn to other international partners, uh, primarily China, Russia, and others, including Turkey and Brazil. Why do you think there's been that shift from working more closely with France to working more closely with other international partners? And what are Mali and other African countries attempting to get out of it that they feel perhaps they can't get out of the relationship with France? Uh, Thanks so much. I'll say like, I don't want to have like a direct comment on uh, Wagner's presence in Mali or not, because me as a civil society organization, I'm not that deep in military actions or, or not. First. Secondly, I have first heard about Wagner's presence from international community, otherwise report or media or whatever. And Malian Authorities have always been saying they're working with Russian government, not with Wagner. For me, this is not important. The most important thing is, for example, the ones who are saying there is Wagner in Mali, they should put it in, in, in place. So it's no more secret saying they are, they are not. We all know like Wagner is a, is a, is a, is a, a mercenary group working in various places in the world. If they continue growing, when I say until like, uh, this is uh, growing to get to Mali or Burkina or new contract, that means certainly there are certain needs people expect them to do. I would just recall one said of the ministry, the ministry of uh, foreign affairs, Abdullah Job once he said, when you are in the will, like dwell and the evil, the devil himself, come like say let me get you out of this you would not 
ask the question if it's the devil or if it's the, the good one. The, your objective is to get out of this. It's not a way to justify the way of Wagner may be acting in Mali or not. No. But the main question, as I said before this question, is how we get there. This is the most important thing. Because if, if someone is openly negative about something, you will reject everything coming from, from this. And for me, this is what happened in Mali, talking about France and Westerners in general. And for me, it's time, it, everything is not lost. Because we share with France more values, more things than whoever partners who may come in Mali tomorrow. It could be Chinese, it could be Russians, it could be whoever you want. Because the relationship between Mali and France are safe for centuries ago. Not the government of Macron could change that, not the military in power in Mali would change that. But how we can come together with a new frame or new design ways to do things together? Because I'm part of the people who thought the French intervention with Ibeka was a fail, was a completely fail, was a mess up. Because I could not understand when you read or you watch documentary on French military capacity and technology and all the things they said they have and not being able to identify hundreds of people on motorcycle attacking Malian camp barracks and killing five, 50, 60 people as an intellectual, I was like, what's missing in the, in the puzzle? What's missing? Otherwise, you're not using this technology to help your partner as you said your partner. Or you are dealing political aspect with the information or intelligence information you may have. So that means the civilians are the victims of that. Because Ibeka is not getting killed, Ibeka's family is not getting killed, is normal Malians people who are getting killed every day. So as civil society act actors, I, I would say this is not normal. It should change. So if the military in power before then, like the military could happen, the power changed hands, and they said the French was the problem. And all the Malian will follow, but for now, when the French troop left, and now, however you can define the situation in Mali, everyone will agree, even international, wherever, and community, everyone, there is certain improvement in the attacks, in the barracks in Mali, and certain kind of, like, uh, amplified or spectacular attacks happening. And the consequences of all that would not see it right now. But one thing is sure, the way the French were doing here was not the right one, was not the right thing or the right direction to go. So for me, whoever may come as partner with Mali, this will never change the deepened relationships Mali has with French. Mm -hmm. which has been dead for a longer time and on very various aspects of life. So what can be done then to improve that relationship moving forward? I mean, you said that no no other international partner could possibly look to replace France, Mali or Francophone Africa because of the deep ties that, you, that those territories have shared for centuries. What can be done to improve that interconnectivity and that work to make sure that the territories can 
try and find, as you said earlier, some kind of equilibrium where it's not a case of France going in and taking natural resources and taking advantage and not giving anything in return. Um, what can both sides do to try and make that relationship more equal to develop better connections for the future? This this is a great question, actually, because it's like when you're talking about a problem in a country, we will always look at the government. Why? Because the government is the one having initiatives. And the relationship between French and our countries also is kind of the same thing, what the French is bringing in the table. And I think it's getting really better than a couple of months ago because certain authorities in French and the kind of language they used to have was not really dropping down. For example, I remember the former minister of, of defense, the way he was talking to Malian authorities or the French minister of foreign affairs, how he was pointing fingers. And, and this is not, by doing this, you're not hurting the Malian authorities. How many you call them junta, you call them, but normal people will feel this and say, why French are calling us like this, you know? But if you, you, you arrive to have like a conversation, for example, the things the things are most important for you, as they used to say, the red lines, and the things important to Malians. Because even Malians understand now they feel more close to France than ever. Not in terms of political, because the politicians will always make you feel like, no, we hate France. Or, no, this is political speech. I'm talking about ordinary people and ordinary life. Because there are something things we get from France, this is the democracy and the liberty, whatever the democracy may, may look like, there are certain values in it we don't want to lose. And we share these values together. First, secondly, when you take all the things we used to have um, in terms of population, in terms of people, and coming to politics, it's important to have various interlocutors, speakers. People you speak with, people you speak to. Now the general environment or atmosphere makes certain people fear even to speak with French or to speak openly or be openly with French. We in our organization, we don't care. Yesterday only we had a, a panel with a, with a French lady in the panel. And I was proud to get the French perspective on, or even Europe perspective of it. Because wherever it's been national television in Mali, Private television, money. I would go everywhere and assume this position because I'm not someone like uh, just following the the narrative in the country because everyone is saying this because this is not true. There are certain things to be improved. It could be international relationship. It could be local, the way we see things together. But we both should come together. We don't have a choice. This has been said like 300, 400 years ago. But one thing is sure, I have not been slave to anybody, and I have never been uh, colonized. I have been to some of the greatest and the biggest schools in the world, and I'm not, I would not expect someone, whoever you French, you Brit, or German, or you United or, or Americans, to treat me like a shade. It would not work. But if you treat me like we can have a conversation, I may have wrong. Or you may have wrong, but if we are the same sense of building something big, something for the future generations for a longer time, we'll come up with something cool and something unique. 
and also the way to not support the corrupt ones. Because the French may have the opportunity or the relationship or the network to put the right person in the right place or defeat the, the right person from being the right position. And when they say support, they, uh, even now when you see how some of the, the influencers, uh, for Russians are having a lot of audience. Why? Because they are building their conversation on these mistakes of French. But where are people who should be focusing their conversation on the positive things of French that are not existing? And when you take the buff, you will see there are more productivity than mistakes. How should we have this balance? When I heard Natalie Yam say a French put Paul Bia in power because they maintain him in power as he can never even not work. So, you know, so sometimes people just take example and show this is why, this is why, this is why. But if you're not explaining or you're not putting in, in the table how things are moving all around the world, you would just lose everyone because people would not understand. Why do you want Malian to go to elections or Malian military to step down from the power and another things happening in Chad in the same region? So when we put questions on the table, I don't have the, I don't have the answer, but what could be the design answer for this? And for who you designed this answer? Back in the days, you take a civilian military, say you do this or, or whatever. <laughs> But now it's not the case, right? And people are ready to fight. But it's up to France, meaning the initiative, to have this innovative and creative way to engage and engage with people, not for influence, but how to build something proper. Look, there's a difference between the politics and people who work in politics and then the people of a country. But at the end of the day, particularly when it comes to France working with Mali and working with other Francophone African countries, it's still the government that is going to be making the legislations, having those conversations with people, with representatives of those countries. So that change in mentality that you discussed where you have to approach it with a new way, an innovative way, treating people as equals and making sure that you're building a working relationship rather than taking, that still has to come from the French government, right? Do you think that the current government, as it stands with Macron in power, or future French governments will be able to do that. Are you positive about the future and where French Mali and, and French African relations are going, or are you still very skeptical about what the future might hold for French African relations? Uh, this is a this is a great question actually because there are two things we should make clear: the French would never stop taking because this is French sustainability as a country. When you say all these protests going on in France right now is about money. And the people in our countries are watching this very carefully. And these influencers, also social media, I said, would always use this kind of things happening in France, in France local context. Say, you see, without your resources, they will die from hunger. And this is why they're fighting this. And this resonates people's mind. But you could have like internal struggle as a country, like every country is having, for example, the mass shooting in the US. This is reality in the US. It doesn't mean US is unsafe place, but 
Is it something funny? No. Is it something cool? No. So the protests in France for retirement, and this is local and international and national context. What is giving and taking? France will always, US, Germany, whatever. Countries will always go out and take. This is the way to do. When I say take, through business. And we as Malians also will always have or must have the opportunity to go out and take. This is the way to do things. France is always, the, the relationship will always be France needing the resources from Mali, needing the profits from Mali. They're always going to want to extract. But exactly. we need to find a place where Mali is also able to take something back as well. Yes, even not taking something, French will come and take it. Chinese will come and take it. Russians will come and take it. But what is the capacity of Malians to protect their own? Say, this is the limit. This is the red line. You should not go there. You this is this is a way of doing things. Because we now like a global village. The same way our people go to France as a migrant and take what they can take. But they will take it under the laws because the French government locally would say, you cannot do this in my country. So how Malians will be able to do this for themselves? This is not French. This is not US. This is not Chinese. This is ourselves. This is my point of view of that. The second thing is to get this conversation really open. I, I had a friend from, uh, from France. I say, it's funny, but you know, 80% of the people who are blaming, flag shaming, uh, French on internet, on everywhere, they don't know nothing about France. So, for example, when you take the US, I will, I will just give you one short example. Here in Mali, I can say there is more alumni, international visitors inviting to visit the US than France. We would say about money issue and all that. But when I say something like uh, the IFD put the money, then investing in younger people, sometimes I wonder myself, I'm like, oh, man, what's going on here? Do you want to work with people, but you don't create bounds of understanding each other? What is the program like the French government invests in Francophone Africa, like inviting young people to come and visit France and then come back to the countries? No, there is no problem. There is, there is no. I think there is a one program like uh, when they target one person or two persons, but there is no understanding. The young leaders who are growing up, who will have the, they have to say, their word to say in the future conversation of the country, everything they know is what they heard about friends from certainly the wrong persons. And this is very easy. Today you go France, etc. They will always take you to Natalie Yam's speech about French, Kemi uh, Seba, who is even French, speaking about French, or some French opposition in the parliament, how they... Sometimes people don't understand this is local conversation. But what is the opportunity to all these young people to know what is, what, what is, what is French? Beside Paris, beside politics, all we know, they refuse to give the visa. So that is a, a first problem. But what next? And at the same time, we are Francophone Africa, but the U.S. is investing tons of young people to go and visit the U.S. Many programs, Susie's, Yes program, 
Gali program, international visitor, journalist visitors. For what? You may consider like, oh, we put this money uh, to this. It's, for them, it's important. Because whoever come back from this trip would not see the U.S. from only their imagination. But they will see things, they will interact with people who has nothing, who have nothing to do with politics. Who have nothing to do. So this creates, for me, for example, I have been in the program in the U.S. like multiple times. And I understand certain things which is completely different from the government. I know whoever Macron is here today or Macron is not here today, the economic aspect of French companies towards Francophone Africa will remain. And Macron can, not, can change nothing about that. Because how many people, how many French are working in these companies? The thousands of people. You cannot just say, okay, we decide to stop our collaboration with Africa and we break the lines. And when you break the lines, this person will come back to, will go back to, to France to do what? The raw materials these companies are producing from Africa, where they will get this product? Nowhere. So it is not possible to cut this line, to cut this, uh, no. But how to, re to redesign, how to, to make people part of the process, not just the process is done, put be in, no. But create a platform where people could be part of the process. And especially the young person and the women. When they understand like French is not just Paris, like you take France, you go to some historical thing inside like a central areas or other places where we have all these things happening, nothing with the politics in, in France, in Paris, they will understand what's going on. Oh, this is not what I have been told. But when you, you put only the cameras on the struggling, like French are dying in the street because there is no money to pay the salaries, because they retirement. So this is this creates and building a lot of narrative. And sometimes I wonder what is these people in French who are supposed to work on that? What they're doing? Because if you focus on something else, for sure you will mess up. And this is the result of what we have right now. And say Sub-Saharan Africa or Sahel region people are against France, this is only, excuse me, this is only bullshit. Because it's short, is is a shortcut to just close up the conversation. But if you have to think, it's not one person. This is regional and this is global approach. If you succeed there, you will succeed in the game, hundred percent. It's a very powerful message, like making sure that people need to understand the, the problems that they're facing, and then they need to work together to collaborate to design systems to overcome those problems rather than relying on a, a one-way street of we take, you give. Yeah. And you you have to develop your own ideas about what France is and how this is going to work. And it's a very important point. Um, like Musa, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Just one final, because uh, we're, we're almost out of time, but one last question for me, just because I'm interested. Am I right in thinking you founded uh, L'Espresse de Baraco? Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so I'm interested to know, you know, the process that you that you went to found that newspaper and how it's going now. Oh yeah, oh, thank you so much. Uh, so my background is journalist. I work for a daily printed newspaper for like five years, mm. and then I work for BBC, BBC, uh, the French. Oh, BBC Africa. Yeah, so I worked for them a couple of times, and then I founded this um, like 13 years ago. And today they they're working on it. The journalists are just 
uh, not far. They're working on uh, on the paper. It is a is a really passionate thing. The journalism and uh, keep doing your best in the in the context we are we are should mm-hmm. be really careful to not get certain people angry. I suppose you have to. You're walking a much a much finer line than yeah, I am. Yeah. The fact that I have resigned from from that position, I've seen as uh, someone who is against them. But personally, I'm not against someone. Oh, I do just... you mean when you when you resigned from the working as a as a special advisor to the president? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, in the context when everyone wants to join, but you are the one who's getting out, you would yeah. not be seen as uh, you know. But I I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. You know. Uh, now. The highest level of uh, of power management, but I did my best to not get drunk over there. Paid, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, considering like, considering where you're working now, you're working for an institute which is focusing on democracy and governance. I think you've it's pretty clear that you haven't been uh, that you haven't got drunk on the power. So uh, you're an, an inspirational figure, and it's uh, yeah, really really fortunate for me, and really happy to talk to you about this kind of thing. I really appreciate it, and I hope we can talk again in the future. Yeah, definitely. If there is anything in Mali, in Sahel region, we have operations in Niger, in Benin, in Burkina Faso. Mm. So let me know. And consider the Institute as a friend and ally if uh, <laughs> there is anything you can do. So yeah, feel free to reach out anytime. Thank you very much, Musa. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, keep it up. That's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed listening to Moussa's take on France-Afrique and uh, the sticking point, keeping French-African relations stuck in the past. Uh, you can follow Moussa on social media at Kondoba, that's K-O-N-D-O-B-A, and can find various links to his work just by googling his full name, Moussa Kondoba. You can also follow the Sahel Institute for Democracy and Governance on Twitter at Sahel Institute. All of the above links will be included in the show notes for this episode. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, and rate the podcast. It goes a really long way to getting World Beyond the West out to more people who want to learn more about the world they know and discover what they don't. You can also read more WBT content on Substack. Go to wbtw.substack.com where you can get all WBTW content for free. Thanks for listening and catch you next time. Au revoir.